You ever been in dire need? You ever been to where you need God to show up now? All right? You can show up later, Father, but I need you now. And so there are so many times that I would look in God's Word and see that as we go through this series, this conversations with the Lord, um, I converse with Him all the time. And I'm hoping that through this as well, that even in your time with the Father, you'll converse and talk with Him and pray to Him more often throughout your day. I know it's just uh, amazing to have a friend that sticks closer than a friend. I, I need that. Do you need that? I need that. So today we're going to look at Paul's life, a little bit of Paul's life, and try to figure out a few things and just enjoy God's presence as we look at a few things that transpired in Paul's life. Um, I know for me, um, years ago as I was uh, just moved here to Fort Worth, my brother was in the academy, a Fort police officer, and so he just graduated the academy. We, I went with him. I'm not sure where this place was, but it was where you buy all your stuff, all your gear for your gun belt. So we get there, and he's going through shopping for all of his stuff for his belt. I mean, he got the different handcuffs. He put those in there. Like, That's pretty sharp. And he got his mace and gun stuff and his holster and all the different, whatever all the gadgets they have on their belt. And he kept putting things on there for the things that he might use later. He's out protecting us in the city. And so today, this is not one of those fuzzy sermons that makes you kind of feel good, like, you know, the five steps to success. This is one of those things where the Lord wants to give you and equip you with things on your belt so that when you face these incredible hard times in life, you can grab that arsenal and help you through your day, knowing that the Lord's right there by your side. So today He wants to encourage you and equip you and to help you to realize that you can be content in every and any situation. Um, I looked up the word content, and the word content, you know, even my wife asked me last night, she goes, are you content? And I was like, where'd that come from? I mean, how does she know? I'm going to talk about a little bit of contentment today. And so, in the Lord good? We kind of nudge us a little bit, like, are you content? Um, I mean, really, are you content? with your relationship with the Father? Are you content with life? Are you content with what the Lord has handed you and where you're headed? Contentment. It says that it's a state of peaceful happiness. Are you in peaceful happiness today? Yes, ah, oh, just life is so awesome, and it is awesome. Thank the Lord for that. Are you, are you satisfied, not wishing for more? Content. Here's Paul. And we'll get to him as far as where we want to land in 2 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to land. But, of course, he wrote most of the New Testament. So anywhere you open the book of the New Testament, you're just about going to land where Paul's been writing as he's been inspired by the Holy Ghost and carried along, as the Word says, as he writes and pens and to the churches and different things, the epistles, which are letters. So here he is in Philippians chapter 4.11. He says, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I, I know what it is to have plenty. Have you ever read that before? I have learned to be 
content. So what's the secret, Paul? Tell me that secret. I want to know the secret so that I can be content in any and every situation. Have you ever faced a problem that is so surmounting, so grave that you have no idea where it's headed? Here's Paul. In his life, he has an encounter with the Father in Acts chapter 9. Do you remember Acts chapter 9? He's on the road to Damascus. He really doesn't know who Jesus is. And so there he is, and he is walking on the road, and this bright light flashes all around. And he falls to his knees, and he becomes blind. And he's, he's talking with the Father. And the Lord's saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Remember that portion of Scripture? Can you imagine me walking along or driving along, and all of a sudden you're blinded by a light, and the Lord's speaking to you like, I mean, audible voice? Um, I've kind of wondered that once in a while. The Lord just speak to me audible. I, I guess I'd like to have that. You know, I'm not real sure, right? So anyway, I asked for that, but here he is. He has this encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and through that endeavor, the Lord called him out to the Gentile people and to be able to speak. And the Lord even says there in chapter 9 that the Lord's going to show him how much he must suffer for the gospel. Well, let me kind of stick close to my notes today because I want to make sure we get what we need today from the Father. That the bottom line is, though, is being content in every and any situation, even through the agonizing pains of daily life. I mean, everybody here knows somebody, or even yourself, who's going through a very difficult time. I mean, very difficult time. Um, I know back in our life, we've had several situations, and even this past year, we went through a lot, but physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, and so going through those times, how do you get through that? How did Paul get through the things that transpired in his life as he went through things, just realize that when you have conversations with the Lord, it's okay. It's okay to question Him. It's okay to say, how long? How long? Have you ever done that before? Father, how long? How long is this going to go on? We've all been there. David cries all that out in the Psalms. You just keep reading the Psalms. How long? How long? I mean, it's this field. Paul here is going to go through some things. But first, let's take a look at this in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. Let me, let's just take a look. Have you, you know where 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians is? It's, there. it's in the New Testament to the right. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He's writing to the Corinthian church. It says here in, in verse 2, it says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. He's talking about himself, by the way. Caught up to the third heaven. All right. I didn't even know there was a first heaven, right? Oh, there's, there's different levels of heavenlies. He's caught up to the third heavens, a place called paradise. And there it says, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. Verse 3, and I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, he keeps saying that he has no clue. I do not know, but God knows. 
was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no man is permitted to tell. Can you imagine if you had that experience? What would it be like for you? Would you, after that experience, would you talk to somebody? Would you feel like maybe the Lord had been speaking to you in such a way that you were, were maybe one of the special ones? Maybe you would have had some things going on in your life that maybe pride was a little bit elevated. I mean, the Lord's speaking to him and showing him things that are inexpressible. He cannot, he, he can't even put words to what he saw, and he's not even allowed to tell you what he saw. I'm thinking, I'm pretty excited about going on the other side. I mean, there's things over there that we have no idea what it's like. Pretty excited about that. And I want to make sure my neighbors go as well. And so realizing that Paul had this experience, he has been, what, he, he's not even able to, to utter what just transpired. Words couldn't even express. What would be the most natural human response to that? I think it would be pride would bounce up. Pride would come in. Have you ever had pride come in your life? Someone says something, someone does something, and you felt like, you know, you know, I, I did do that. I, I, did, I did do that. Yeah, I did. I did. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> I like that. Do you like when people kind of massage you a little bit and kind of tell good things? Don't we like that? But isn't it funny how, in all reality, really, we really can't handle that very well. I know I don't. I don't handle that very well. So maybe it's possible that the things that Paul's about to go through is something that the Lord wanted to make sure that he didn't get himself too elevated in his own mind. So there in 2 Corinthians 1.8, at the very beginning of the book, he talks about this to the church. He says, you know, we don't not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Can you imagine going through your day and you didn't know whether you were going to live next minute? That's what his life was like. He what? Despaired even of life. It continues on in chapter 6. He says this in chapter 6, verse 3. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commended ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger, impurity, understanding, patience, kindness in the Holy Spirit and sincere love, in truthful speech, in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in our right hand and the left, through glory, dishonor, bad report, good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet not making rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Have you ever read the book of Acts and looked at Paul's life, what he went through? He walks into a city. They don't like him. They stone him to death, they thought. They drug him out of the city and left him for dead. The believers gathered around him, and he gets up. <laughs> now that's a word right there, right? Have you ever got hit in the face or hit with a stone? He was stoned 
they thought to death. Have you ever heard of Paul's resume? I wonder why Paul went through all these different things. You ever heard of Paul's resume? Listen to his resume. He says five times there in 2 Corinthians 11, 23, he says five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus the one. Five times. I can't even probably handle one hit. On my back, I would be like crying for mercy. 39, they were only doing it 39 times because they want to make sure they counted correctly. So he had that five times they beat his back with those whips. Three times I was shipwrecked. I don't like the water. I'm out there all, I don't like it when there's a storm. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Okay, we've all seen the movies, okay? <laughs> okay, here you are, right? Day and a half out there, just you in the water, just having a good time. Uh-uh, there's things down below, Right? Every, 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 right? A day and a half. That's 36 hours of bobbing. You ever thought about that? I mean, this guy, what, what he went through? I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles in the city, in the country, at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger, thirst, and often gone without food, and I've been cold and naked. Yet, he says, I've learned how to be content. He's content. Well, if this is the way it's going to be, I guess I'm all right. Getting hit with rocks. I've learned the secret of being content. How do you, how do you say that? What do we say in America? Get my lawyer. We'll take care of this. Why not rather be wronged? Scripture says. We're so quick to want to what? So many times the Lord said, why not just rather be wronged? I'll take the hit for you. There's something about the eye that pops up. I. See, the Lord wants to get rid of the selfishness in us and look to Him and Him only. So Paul has went through all these things, and now we finally head to the text for the day. You're like, really? Yeah, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The apostle Paul is about to have uh, something happened to him that when you read about it, everybody has their own thoughts, but really in all reality, it's kind of hard to understand. Why? What's, listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 and following. Even if I should choose to boast, I would, not, I would be a fool because I would not be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so now no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Verse 7, or because of these surpassingly Great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. 
what is that? What is this messenger of Satan? Is it a disease? No. This messenger is angelos. This is, this is literally an angel of Satan is tormenting him and buffeting him so that the things that he went through, he wouldn't get the big head, that God kept him humble. And then it says here, I prayed three times. I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. Father, take this away. Remember, someone else prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, his Savior, did the same thing. He pleads. How many times have we pleaded with the Father? More than three times. But look at the Lord's response. It, it blew Paul's mind. The, the Lord says, no. How does that make you feel? When you, you pray a prayer and the Lord says, no. Your word says that I ask in your name, and it will be done. No. Why would the Lord allow him to go through all those difficulties? Why does the Lord allow us to go through all these difficulties? And we're still supposed to be content in all things. He says... My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My grace is sufficient. God allowed these sufferings, these heartaches, these troubles to penetrate into Paul's life. We can go through God's Word and see tons of people that had happened to. Job. Joseph. Moses. Name a character, Elijah. They all were what? Persecuted. Had hard times. God gave him grace to bear the thorn in his side. You know, sailors learn to secure themselves to something secure in a storm, like me grabbing all that seat in that boat. I mean, I was not, I was not going to let go of that seat. That's all I had that was secure in that boat. That's all I knew to hold on. What do you do when you're out in the midst of the storm and it's almost like you're going to sink? You're all the way out and you feel like no one's there. Yeah, Pastor James keeps telling me Jesus is with me, but I'm all the way out there and nothing's happening. I'm about to sink. It's up to my neck. What do I do? What does Paul do? He prayed night and day for others, but this one prayer, he received a resounding no. Paul had to submit to God's will and joyfully resign himself to it. Say, Father, okay, I prayed. Father, I know you're with me. Father, I know that everything, through everything, through everything, I've learned to be content because, you know, I go through all this and I look back and you brought me through every one of those situations. So I trust you in everything. Do you trust the Lord in everything? 
trust that his word is true, that you can go through things and he will not let you drown. Being content in everything. Well, you're here today. You haven't drowned yet. We're with you. The Father's with you. We're standing hand in hand. And the Lord will send you someone who has been there before. Maybe you're going through this situation so that when you get on the other side, you realize God and you trust Him. When someone else goes through that, you're able to help them through it so that you can comfort them like the Lord has comforted you. I don't like that. But on my belt, I know what I've been through. And when I've gone through something, I say, oh, I've been there. And I trusted in the Lord. I trusted in Him. And I'm here to tell you that those 200, 300, 500,000 dollars that I owed is gone. Gone. The Lord took care of it. Let me say it again. The Lord took care of it. I have no idea how he did it. I owed so many people from Chad's hospital bills. I didn't, I couldn't even think straight. You ever got bills coming in? You know who that, who that person was? Who's that? That's just the guy that just walked through and said, How you doing? That was 2000 who, Who's that? Who, who, what? Is he on care today? Good. Who, who was that? That was 3000 Who Who was that guy? Five surgeries later, five years later, first year of his life, probably there, what? Seven, eight months of the whole year. Are you kidding me? I can't pay that. But I know that what I went through, I can help somebody else. It, it, I know, it looks bad. It looks really bad. You're in the middle of the storm. I know. It is, it is horrendous. You can barely breathe. Look at Paul. Five times he received, and three times, and this and that, and yet he on, on the other side he goes, well, Philippian church, I want you to know, I just want you, I am content no matter what happens, whether I'm in the water or I'm getting stoned to death. I'm content that whatever happens to me, the Lord allowed it so that I might be able to do what? To be able to share his word without selfishness or conceit and be able to do what? Share my life with others that they also may believe in the great I am. I have no idea what you're going through. But I know what Paul went through. I know what I've been through. And I can tell you right now, the Lord is able. See, the bottom line is this. It's not about me. It's all about God. It's all about Him. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the advocate. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He, he's the wonderful counselor, the high priest. He's the true vine, the bread of heaven, the bread of life. He's the door. He's a bright morning star. He's the what? He's the great I am. He's a Passover lamb. He's the light of the world. He's the great. He's the savior. He's the creator. He's Abba Father. He's redeemer. He's deliverer. 
He's the judge. He's the prince of peace. He's the ancient of days, the rock, the everlasting God, almighty God. He's a resurrection in life. He's a faithful and true. He's the word of God. He's Emmanuel. He's the first and the last, the alpha and omega. He's the true light that shines. He's the holy and true. He's the lion of tribe of Judah. He's the root of David, son of David. He's holy and true, faithful and true. Word of God, he's the almighty, the living one. Are you getting the gist? He's Abba Father. He's Adonai, Elohim. He's the branch. He's the banner. He's the Lord who heals. He's the Lord who's there. He's the cornerstone, hiding place, king of glory, upright one. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you getting the gist here? He's the what? He's the firstborn from the dead, the mediator. Can, you, can I get a healthy amen? You know who you serve? He will not let you drown. Will not. Will not. That's why Paul's saying, you know, I'm content when I'm weak. I'm content when I'm slandered. I'm content when I'm distressed. What? Paul? Because he knows that when all that self gets out of you, Finally, the father was like, finally, I can step in and do something. Because the Lord don't go there where he's not wanted. Are you done yet? Oh, good, good. I can step in there and take care of that for you. <laughs> he learned to trust. Would you come, brother? He learned to trust. He learned to be content. My grace is sufficient, he said, Paul. My grace is sufficient. Being content in every and every thing that I go through, agonizing pain, every, I'm going to be content regardless. Being totally dependent on the power of God. Finding contentment in God's grace regardless. A few quick points. You know, suffering's not new. It's not new. It's been going on since day one. So you're not the only one going through it. But realize you have a body of believers that loves you and cares for you and it wants to hold your hand with you and help you through, knowing that the word's true. So reach out. Okay, I, was, I always try to go through the bedroom in the dark so I don't wake the wife. I'm going to work early. So I closed the door. I was walking through, and I, I, I kind of misjudged where I was. So I hit the, the edge of the bed down below, the wood part that hangs out. Bam, hit my shin. Oh, it wasn't just a little scrape. It was like, bam. I went, oh, that's a good one. That's a bloody one, man. I know that's going to be a blood one. I, I barely, and I, and what's the first thing you do? I went down. I was going down. Now my head was going toward the dresser. I couldn't see it, but I knew it was there. So I was going down. I put my hands out. Bam, I hit that. And then I'm going toward the door of the bathroom because I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I put my hands out. Bam, I hit that. I'm on the ground. Boom, crashing and burning. You think it's funny, right? Yeah, it's like it's good. So I kind of, you know, kind of get up. And the wife's like, oh. She went back, oh, my God. And, and, and the poodle's like, oh. He says, Dad, oh, my gosh. I got in the bathroom, closed the door. It was just bleeding. Oh, my gosh. I was holding it. Oh, man, I was so mad, right? What do you do when you get hurt and you start to fall? What do you do? You put your hand out. 
<laughs> right? When you're dying, what do you do? You put your hands out. I'm falling. Though a righteous man falls seven times, though he gets up, the Lord's with him. So we got to put our hands up. I surrender. Suffering's not new. Just ask Job. Suffering does play a beneficial role in our lives. That sounds so hard, doesn't it? I told you it's not one of these little fluffy sermons. But realize that you've been through it, even the small things. The Lord build me from that. Well, praise God. And this one, and this one, and this one, <laughs> right? He's not going to let you down. He will not. And then contentment doesn't require comfort. It's an internal resolve. I've resolved, I've resolved to follow him. I've resolved to put my trust in him. I've resolved no matter what nobody says, I'm going to believe what he, his word says. I resolve whether I don't care what's coming my way. I know what the doctor says. I know what's happening in my body. I know what's going on, but I resolve to believe. I will believe in the Father. Trust Him. Lean on Him. Remember what He's done and walk by faith. Yep, walk by faith.